Thank you, Tank, for leading us in worship. And I wasn't as familiar with that song. I've heard it, I think, maybe like once. And and um and so, um, but it's a great great piece. Enjoyed that. Tonight's kind of a little bit of a continuation from this morning. It's a little different direction, but it's kind of on the same. I apparently I was in like a dark place this week as I was uh, preparing, and so I I, uh, I came up with this. But we're in. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, if you get a bunch of senior adults together, we can talk about all kinds of stuff that's breaking down in our bodies. We'll talk about medicine that we're taking, or the aches and pains we have, or the knees that need replacing, or the hips uh, that are, are thrown out, or, or you know, arthritis, you know, Oh, my foot hurts, or my toes don't do right, or my hand, my heart, you know, diabetes, you know, all those things. We can talk about all of our ailments, because the older we get, it seems like we do that more and more. I, I catch myself doing the exact same thing. I'm, I'm having, oh, this is happening, oh, this knee, and I just, oh, creak, you know, as I get up, and, and those kind of things. Well, and, and as we get older, you name it, it hurts, right? So, um it just kind of that's the way it works well this is kind of what paul's going through only he's got a special thing going on so we're in second corinthians chapter 12 beginning in i want to read one through ten it says nine but it's going to be one through ten so if you'd like to stand as we read his word i must go on boasting although there is nothing to be gained i will go on to visions and revelations from the lord i know a man in christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surprisingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in, the f in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. I, I love that he's saying, I'm not going to boast, but I'm going to boast. You know, I don't want to boast, but I'm going to tell you. And, and, you know, we get caught up in that. I think all of us kind of get caught up in the... Well, I don't want to say too much so people think I'm bragging. Or, but on the other hand, I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. You know, we get caught up between the two things all the time. And, you know, if we brag about, wow, the church was packed this morning. We did this and that. It sounds like you're boasting when you're saying, well, God really blessed us. We had folks here. I'm looking out here tonight. We've got about double what I expected tonight. You know, on, on Labor Day weekend, on a Sunday night, I'm going, whoa, I, you know, I've I've been in way larger churches that had way less this than on a normal Sunday night, you know. And so 
I could boast of, wow, this is awesome. But, and I'd be excited because I think it's God thing. It's God does these things and opens up ideas and opportunities for us. So, so that's what Paul's doing. He's kind of going back and forth about, I'm, I'm trying to boast, but I don't want to boast. But yet, God's done this for me, and he's done that for me. But we do know that he, he kind of lights down on the thorn and the flesh. <laughs> now, we have no idea what the thorn is. I mean, I have heard speculations over the years about this, that, or the other. Uh, some think it was his eyesight was fading. Some people think he might have had malaria. Some people think it might have been just his torment from a... Um, persecuting Christians for the years or he he could have had some kind of thing like that we don't know if it was a literal thorn or if it was a figurative thorn if it was physical or emotional or spiritual we don't know he might have had a bad temper Uh, we don't know We, we really do not have a clue and I read several commentaries this week on this and guess what they have no clue either and matter of fact most of them said it's a good thing we don't know because if we knew the exact one, that he could only minister to certain people who were going through that same thing. I think I even had one preacher said that it was his wife was his thorn in the flesh, but I don't think that was. <laughs> we're sure that that was not true, however. But anyway, what I'm saying is we have no clue what it was. <laughs> we have no clue what it was. And that's good because that way he can still minister to all of us. Because let's face it, we all have some kind of something that kind of gets to us. When I was mowing the yard, I think it was Friday, um, I was coming up close to the junipers that I have. And we have, and um, I like to mow, but I'm not big on trimming and, and, and I especially don't like to pull weeds. I you will learn over the years that, or however long I'm here, um, I hate to get my hands dirty. I just don't like it, never have, and it goes back a long way. I'll tell you how far back it goes. When I was in kindergarten, when we finger painted, they gave me a stick because I did not want to put my fingers in the paint. Now that's, that's bad, right? You know, when you're a kindergartner and you're thinking, I want a stick to finger paint with. I do not want to finger paint with my, I never have liked getting my hands dirty. So weeding has always been a challenge for me because that means sticking your hands in that dirt and stuff, and I don't do that. Anyway, while I was mowing, I pulled up next to the things, and we had some, I had some thorny bushes or weeds coming out, and one got caught in my toe and broke off. And so, because I was mowing with flip-flops on my riding mower, which you shouldn't be doing, I know. I'm doing all the wrong things, and I'm telling you about it. And, and, and I got a thorn was caught in my foot. And so I'm going, that really hurts. I don't like this. And so I stopped the mower and pulled the thorn out and tried to keep going, but then it itched the rest of the time. We all have things that bother us, that get to us, that are thorns in our lives. I don't know what yours is. I, we, we have to deal with it. We want God to take it away sometimes. It's things that just kind of get to you. After a while, you're just going, mm, you know, it kind of like picks at you, little by little. Whatever it is. It could be your temper. It could be your m- mindset about something. I, I get kind of funny mindsets about things. And I think, well, why don't they understand that? They should do better. 
you know, I, when my kids were growing up, I would say that a lot about them and say, you know, why don't they just, why do they keep going off and doing their own thing? Why, you know, why are they being independent? What's up with that? You know, it's like you wait for your child to talk, and then when they start talking, you go, why did we ever start talking? Because they never stopped, or they would talk back, <laughs> you know, all those things. So why do we go through these, these different kinds of things? Whatever that thorn may be, what, what are some of the reasons? Well, sin is a possibility. Sin, we all know that sin causes suffering. Everybody in here has probably sinned one time or another. And if that's the case, we know that it causes suffering at some point or another. And while we, we, it will definitely magnify any weakness or anything you've got going on, the sin will do that. It will eat at you, whatever it may be. It could be God disciplining you. Now, disciplining, I'm not talking about necessarily disciplining you because you did something wrong. Just getting you in the right discipline. If you were involved in sports or involved in any kind of training, you'll see no pain, no gain, right? You, have you all ever heard that statement? I'm sure everybody's heard that comment before. And what it means is if you're out there and you're working, you've got to kind of work through the, the hard part. Um, they call it if you're a runner, a second wind. You know, you, 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 you're really gasping for breath, and then all of a sudden you get that second wind, and you can kind of keep going. I usually don't get to that point, but I get try. You know, I don't, as you can see, I don't do all the exercising that I probably should. But we, we get to the tough point. But we know that if we could go through that tough point, we will get stronger. And then we can go longer, go do more things. And with that, if you were playing football, if you never got hit, well, if you never prepared for it, when you get hit that first time, it takes a lot out of you. Anybody that's playing any kind of sport, you get, we've, we, we understand it. So discipline is something that we have to continue to get, teach us the proper behavior and attitudes. You know, we, we, need, we need discipline in our lives. If you are going to read through the Bible, you've got to discipline yourself to read every day. You're not going to make it otherwise. It's just not going to happen. We have to continuously work on disciplines to make us stronger. And sometimes they're tough. Because let's face it, anybody who's trying to do a daily Bible reading, everything comes up at the time you're going to do your daily Bible reading. Or at least that's in my case. It seems that way because it, something comes up and, oh, well, I'll get it a little bit later or a little bit later or you know what I'm saying? And then it doesn't ever happen. Why? Because we have not taken the discipline to actually say, I don't care what that phone says. I'm not going to look at it. We've gotten so addicted to them. These things right here. It, I, and what's bad is I've got the watch thing that goes with it. So if, if this does something that tells me on my wrist, and so I have this one cut off, but it's going, and I have got to look. No, I shouldn't look. I better look. No, I better not. I don't want to really, do I really want to know? You know, those kind of things. We have discipline issues that we have to work on. All of us do. It's easy to get tied up in these. Um, believe it or not, when I first started my ministry, we never heard of one of these. These did not exist. They were, they were not there. 
I, I, I laugh. Um, when I went off to college, I went to college 12 hours away from my home. I, went to, I was living in Orlando, Florida, and I went to William Carey College in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It was a 12-hour drive. There was no cell phone. There were pay phones somewhere, sometime you could grab. And that's how we communicated. I'll never forget my parents in the back in the front yard as I'm pulling away my first day to go off to school by myself in a 68 Nova in 74, six-year-old car that my dad paid a thousand bucks for or something, I think, you know, it's just and, and they're waving by, have a nice trip, 12 hours by myself in a car. I had a credit card in my pocket. It was a golf credit card for gasoline. Or if in those days, the gasoline stations actually would fix cars. I know that's a hard thought to believe, um, but they did. But I look back at that, I go, whoa, how do we get from never even needing one of these, it wasn't part of our lives, to we can't walk out the door without it. And if we do, we go, I cannot get communications. There's somebody might text me a picture of a meal they're eating or something. I don't know how I got off on that, but those things take us away. What, how I got off on that is those things take us away from the disciplined things we're supposed to be doing on so many occasions. It keeps us from sinning. Paul could get puffed up. <laughs> he said, so that I don't get conceited, God put a thorn in my flesh. Because he knew that it, Paul could have gotten conceited. I think he really could have. I, you, if you read him and you keep reading away, he, he, he could have got let this go to his head because God had blessed him in so many ways and had given him a powerful message. And he was so excited that God used him. It would have been easy for him to get caught up in that. And so he knew that, so he put this thorn in his flesh to teach him a lesson and to give him strength. So we're going through this thorn in the flesh, whatever yours is, whatever mine is, what do we do? Well, we pray. And what did Paul do? He prayed. How did he pray? God, take this thing away, please. I think I talked about that a little bit this morning. How we've decided how God could take care of things if he would just do it our way. And how God usually doesn't take care of things our way. And that's exactly... He, he wanted to pray about it, and we must pray about it. I think anything that's going on in your life, whatever's going on, whatever sticky point you've got in your life, whatever's kind of gnawing at you, whatever it may be, you need to let God know how you feel about it and let him take care of it. And it would have been great if he'd just taken care of it, but God had plans other than that. Paul prayed three times for, for him to get rid of this thing. Three times to be delivered from this thorn. Three times. Jesus prayed three times that this cup would pass. They prayed and they prayed, and I think we all should pray about whatever's going on. But when God lets you know that he has a different plan, that's when you stop. That's why they didn't pray four or five. God let them know that the plan was 
no, this is not going away. You're going to work through this. This is part of my plan, is this thorn in your flesh. This thing that's going on in your life, that plan is settled and has it for you. We've, then we've got to change the way we pray. We have to decide, all right, Lord, if you're not going to take it away, help me through the suffering. And apparently God did answer that prayer because Paul was able to continue to minister. 14 years had been in his life at this point. And yet God helped him to endure and to take care of that and to work through the suffering. It is beyond us to handle it sometimes and we need divine intervention for it to happen. That's that trust thing. That's that God's the only one going to pull us through. When we have something going on that's so devastating in our life, only God can pull us through it. When you're sitting there without a job and you know you need a job and you want a job so desperately and you're praying, God, what do I do? How do I handle it? You've got, you know he has got to help you and you're going to need divine intervention to get through to the point of where is that job? Where, what do I do? How am I going to survive? How am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to take care of me? How am I going to do whatever? We have to have his divine intervention. We need to pray that God can use the pain that he has given us. There's a lot of people that have endured some really difficult pain. I mean, loss of close loved ones. Loss, I, I think of, um, I don't know, a couple that lost a child. And watching them go through that and, and talking with them and, and working with them and go, how do you deal with that? Because let's face it, parents and grandparents, worst thing, child, loss of a child, it's got to be. I mean, I, I, I cannot think. You know, my son was here this morning. I can't. The, the thought of him not being that, I don't know how I would get through it other than divine intervention. But when we do that, when we go through difficult times like that, God can use those things. That's one of those things you don't, if you knew it was coming up, you'd find, do everything you could to avoid going through that. But when you do that, God can use those things for you to help someone else that's going through those things. When you've been fired, you can help somebody that's been fired. If you've lost a loved one, you can help someone else that's lost a loved one. We have to understand God has given this thing to us. He didn't necessarily cause it, but when it's happened, he's given it to us to use us, to strengthen us, to help us through, to we, we can help others through. I think of um, many of you, us older folks, remember the pastor of Bourbon Street. He was a big evangelist way back in the day, and, and he had gone through all these traumatic things, and, 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 and he was a dynamic preacher, won many people to Christ through his testimony. And then the other person I think of is Johnny Erickson Estada. Now, if you don't know her story, she was a teenager, young teenager, and in a diving accident, broke her neck, and was paralyzed from the neck down. This was a tragedy by any stretch. And she let God use her, and she learned to paint with her mouth. 
and she did beautiful artwork with her mouth. And of course, she could speak, and she became a great speaker. I think God even blessed her beyond that. She's had a, I think she's had a child, and has got, I know she's gotten married. I don't know if she ever got, had a child or not. She didn't have a child. But there was, but she did get married, and, and is, and living a full life, and a, a, talk about powerful testimony. You ever hear her speak? I mean, she has got this unbelievable testimony. And, but I see how God used her in a terrible tragedy. Now, if you're talking about a thorn in the flesh, I would think paralyzed from the neck down would be a thorn in the flesh. I, I, I mean, you know, I think that would be pretty high up there on this is debilitating. This is something that how do I live through this and how do I work through that? But you see, she relied on God's grace to help see her through and to take her through those things. And we have to rely on God's grace to show us how to make this terrible thorn used to glorify him. Adrian Rogers mentions three types of grace, or mentions uh, five types of grace. There's suffering grace. You know, Paul was going through suffering. Uh, He got shipwrecked, he got snake bit, he got prisoned, he got beaten, he got... I mean, you, you name it, he went through it. But yet he had grace through the suffering. God gave him grace even in all those things. Then there's singing. I call it singing grace. Now, us musicians like this because, you know, when we can sing when you're in prison, <laughs> if you remember Paul sang in prison, they, you know, they, these people sing when the things are down, they can sing. I can't tell you the number of times that music has soothed me and let me worship when I didn't feel like worshiping. I, I, it just, it's one of those things that, that you all know. Matter of fact, I can't tell you the number of times I've visited people in the hospital that are on their, that haven't really communicated much, yet you start to sing to them, and a lot of times they sing along, even though they really can't talk. I've, I've, I, I tell you, over and over again, I've had it happen to me. You just start singing a song they know, and they're, whether you can hear them or not, that you can tell they know every word and are singing right along. They hadn't spoken, they don't remember things, but yet the songs bring them. Singing grace, God gives grace when singing comes. Speaking grace, anytime I stand in front of anybody, I'm, God gives me speaking grace. He lets me speak when things don't always come out right. And I'll be honest, they, you'll find out that they won't always come out right. They kind of, I say stuff and like, what did I mean by that? Speaking grace. Sacrificial grace. Giving when you're on empty. You ever been on empty? Boy. There's some folks right now on empty. You know, we're, we've got COVID fatigue. We've got mask fatigue. We've got lack of folks fatigue. We've got all kinds of things going on in our world fatigue. And we're tired and we don't know what to do. But sacrificial gift, grace gives us the grace to keep on going no matter how bad it is. No matter how tough things get, we can keep on going even when we're on empty. God gives us the grace to keep moving. moving. Then there's strengthening grace. You know, there's sometimes we just need the strength to take the next step. We just need the grace that God gives us to take the next step. Y'all been there, we can't, I don't think I can do, I don't think I can take one more step. 
I don't think, I don't know that I can do it. I'm going to try. Depression will do that. We can get depressed and decide, oh, I can't move anymore. We all have things that can hinder us from truly living in God's grace. All of us. It's easy to decide. It's more than we can handle. But we've got to pray through it. We've got to decide to let God take care of us and handle it. We've got to trust him to do it. And he will do it. Paul says right here, he goes, I got this thing in my way. I don't want to do it. I don't want to deal with it. I want to get out of it. I want God to take it away. But he hasn't, so I'm going to just keep on going no matter what. And that's what we have to do. We have to trust him. Let God reveal what we need and take care of it. We can and we can sh and should celebrate the fact that God loves us enough to give us something that makes us focus on him. Because let's face it, when things are really down, when things are really bad, we have no place else to look but up. And we have to trust him. And we've been there. I mean, we're laying there going, this is it. I don't know that I, I've got nowhere else to go. I don't know what to do. And we have to focus on him. And God allows things to happen to us so that we will do that. Uh, there's a man by the name of George Matheson. On the eve of his sister's marriage, something happened. He would never reveal what. It was so terrible. Some think it might have been that he got the news that he was going to be blind. He was, turning bl he was going blind. Some believe that his, it could have been that his, the woman he was about to marry broke up with him because he was going to go blind. We don't know what it was. Something tragic, though, happened to him the eve of his marriage. Of eve of his sister's marriage, I'm sorry. And with that, God gave him the words to this hymn. And he wrote this hymn through this. O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. O light that followest all my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray, that in thy sunshine's blaze its day may brighter, fairer be. O joy that seeketh me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain that morn shall tearless be. O cross that liftest up my head, I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust life's glory dead and from the ground there blossoms red. Life shall endless be. No matter what, God was going to take care of him and where he would what? Have life eternal. We have life eternal promised to us. Christ has shown us the way. And when our thorns come and when things go wrong and when things don't look like they should, God is still there. And giving us the words and the opportunities and the focus that we need to look to him to pull us through. That's the God we serve. That is why we have to go through times that we don't want to go through. Our Father is able. Our God is strengthening us. 
through whatever is going on in your life. He is there and will walk you through or drag you through if you need to be. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and joy and grace and the promise of life eternal. Help us, Lord, to work through our thorns, our issues, whatever's going on in our lives. We just ask you, help us. And we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise that you so deserve. Thank you for helping us focus on you. Help us, Lord, to live for you. We turn our lives over to you and give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.